This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Hello, and welcome to Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love. I'm Merritt Johnston, and I'm honored to be serving as guest host today. In this episode, I'm excited to welcome Katherine Barner, a fellow student from Grace School of Theology. In addition to her roles as a wife and mom, Katherine is the founder of For His Glory Ministries and the host of the Pearls of Wisdom radio show. Katherine, welcome to Saving Grace. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we're so glad to have you here with us, and especially for me to sit down with a fellow woman in ministry. I'm really looking forward to this time, and uh, we're going to have to do our best to uh, stay within some time constraints <laughs> here because I think we're going to enjoy the opportunity to visit together. I think so. We'll, we'll try our best. So can you tell us just a little bit about what led you to Grace School of Theology? Sure. Well, when I when I began looking into seminary, one of the things that was really important to me was flexibility. Um, as you said, being a wife, being a mom I, at that particular time was certainly working full time. And so having the ability to be on campus uh, or be in my living room was really important to me. But the biggest piece of that was not losing anything. So obviously in a traditional you know, brick and mortar setting, if you miss a week of class, you've just lost it. Sure. Unless you've you know, called a friend and said, hey, can, can you send me your notes? But even there, you've lost the bulk of what's happening in, in the instruction phase. So... For me, it was about having the the opportunity to um, to have some flexibility. Um, I love being able to watch class in real time, even if I can't make it to campus. And if I'm not able to do that, then the following day I can still watch the archive videos. And I, again, I haven't lost any anything from the instruction. So that was key uh, in bringing me primarily to Grace. Wonderful. I feel the same way that flexibility has truly been a lifesaver for mm-hmm. me when you're wearing so many different hats as a woman. Uh, this makes it accessible for Absolutely. us, for sure. Absolutely. So and in, in considering that with everything that you have to juggle already, as you mentioned, you're working full time, wife, mom, uh, ministering. Why was pursuing a seminary education so important to you? Well, Merritt, it, it was one of those things when I probably around my senior year in high school, um, I had a, an uncle who uh, is very, very near and dear to me. He actually began preaching and pastoring. And that was the first time I really started reading the Bible. And when I did, it it was more than just reading a passage and closing it and saying, oh, okay, that's what this says. There was always this desire to want to go deeper. What, is, what does this mean? You know, what does this word mean here? And why is it there three times? And And I didn't really understand what that meant. Obviously, at that time in my life, didn't really know what to do with that. Um, so it wasn't until later on when I began teaching Sunday school, as you know, after many years, had obviously grown in my faith and matured, and began teaching Sunday school and took a few classes and you know Bible study methods and, and principles of teaching and, and those things to again just to better equip myself at that point. And what I say is, I think what happened then was. Just that fire was, you know, got even hotter because the more I taught, the more I wanted to teach, the more I studied, the more I wanted to study. So um, and then after being walking with God and really listening to him and and understanding what it was he had for me to do, I knew that I needed to be even more equipped. So I always say when I started seminary, it wasn't necessarily about getting another degree. 
Um, I felt like I had been there, done that, didn't, sure. just didn't need another one. <laughs> but, you know, when you look at the degree plan and, oh, well, I want to take major profits. Oh, well, I want to take New Testament. Oh, well, I want to take this, too. Well, after you've done all of those O's, you end up with a degree plan. So, it's you know, it's kind of like, well, if you're going to give me one, I guess I'll take it. But um, it, it really was just born out of my desire to want to know more about God's word and to be a better teacher. Uh, to be able to share God's word um, and to understand it for myself so that I could live it and then teach it. Um, it, it is the one thing that um, studying and teaching is the one thing that probably makes me more nervous than anything in my life, but it is the one thing that I love more than anything as well. So, Yeah, I feel the same way. And just in f- reflecting on my studies at Grace, I just loved that by the end of that degree, I, I was going to have studied all 66 books of yes. the Bible. So knowing that I had really gone from Genesis all the way to Revelation, yeah. and that if I were called upon to teach in any of those passages of scripture, that I would have had some tools to, to equip me to be able to do that with excellence Absolutely. And, and integrity. Absolutely. So you're really putting your education into action now uh, with For His Glory Ministries. Can you tell us more about the mission of that ministry? Sure. Um, For His Glory Ministries, the mission is to, it's, you know, three-pronged, to educate, enlighten, and empower women with the truth of God's Word. And I purposely added the truth of God's Word because I'm, I'm very, very sensitive to um, Scripture being taken out of context, I think that happens a lot sure. now, and I think it, it's detrimental to both believers and particularly unbelievers. And so, um, but the educate and, and enlighten and empower piece, there's really about, um, you know, if we take Romans 8.28, you know, I, I can teach someone just the bare bones of what that says, you know, Romans 8.28, you know, and we know that all things work together. Okay. But if I take it a step further and and I unpack that and say, no, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be good. It says everything's going to work together for good, because a lot of times we hear that or people hear that and they just hone in on that good word. And it's like, oh, everything's going to be good. No, that's not what he said. And it starts with and we know that all things work together for good. And so so I unpack that. But then if I take it a step further and say, okay, what does that mean for your life? How, how, how can you live that out? So that means that when difficulties come, when a spouse is sick, when I'm sick, if I've give, been given a diagnosis, if my children are acting as if I never, ever raised them, <laughs> you know, if a loved one passes away, well, those things aren't good. Those things don't feel good. But God's word says they're all going to work together for my good. Okay, what do I now then do with that? Well, knowing that God has promised me it's going to work together for my good, that gives me a completely different mindset, a completely different attitude of which I'm going to live each and every day. Does that mean that I'm not going to cry? No, but it means that if my loved one passes away, I'm not going to cry as if I don't have hope. Right. Does that mean that I'm not going to be angry with my kid because they've done something absolutely crazy. No, but it means that I, I may be angry, but I'm not going to sin. So it, it's it's teaching women just those three prongs of teaching God's word, unpacking it for them, and then showing, giving them the power to live that out in their everyday life. Because what I've found, particularly in, you know, through the years in counseling, I always say this, life happens right. and it happens to all of us. And I think sometimes there's this, there's this belief that because we're Christians, difficulties aren't going to come. Well, That's the exact opposite of what God's word says. You know, James says it clearly, you know, count it all joy, not if, but when (laughs) you fall into various trials. And so I think giving women the tools they need 
to deal with those things that are going to come, but to live in, in what God's word has says about that thing and about them is, is really what, uh, what I'm about doing with the ministry. So I think that's wonderful. And, and even just with that Romans 8.28 passage, you know, it says that it's going to work together for good for those who are called according to exactly. his purpose. And I think that changes the whole tra- trajectory of how we plan our lives, that it's Bingo. about the purposes of God. Yes. And whenever we're in line with that purpose, then even in the midst of these horrific things that come into our lives, there's this ability to have that peace in the middle exactly. of it because you know there's a big purpose. Yeah, there's a bigger picture to this thing. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's That's always a good bigger word. than what we think. Yeah. What a great verse. Well, I know the Lord's really taken the ministry in directions beyond what even you could have imagined, <laughs> right? Uh, including the launch of the Pearls of Wisdom show. Can yeah. can you share a little about some of the events in your life that prompted you to step out in faith and obedience to this new step in the ministry? <laughs> well, truthfully, you know, God had been telling me to to launch this ministry for years, um, for a very long time, but. I allowed, I think what a lot of us probably do, you know, my own fear, doubt, questions of, you know, how's it going to happen? You know, God, how am I going to do this? What are people going to think? All of those things that we go to, um, just quite frankly, not trusting him. Uh, I allowed that to keep me from doing what I knew he was telling me to do. But about a year and a half ago, um, I had a really serious health scare where, quite frankly, um, and, and I say this when I talk to people, I should have at minimum, had a stroke um, or be dead and just mm. not be here anymore. And after that um, that episode, I just got really quiet, got really still, um, and was really intentional about spending time with God and came to a place of saying, okay, either I'm going to – I don't want to get to the end of my life, whenever that may be, not having done what I know he's told me to do. Wow. Um and from there, I, I just started moving very intentionally, not not fast, but just in, very intentional about um, moving in the direction that he had been telling me. Um, I'd done some things along the way, and so there were bits and pieces of the ministry together, but spent some, some very deliberate, very intentional time putting things together and just listening to what he had for me. And the truth is the broadcast was... Not something that I had in mind, <laughs> but as he has orchestrated things, it has now become the focal point of the ministry, uh, which I, I'm very, I'm grateful. I'm very excited about. He's allowed me to um, talk to some incredible women uh, to share their stories of hope and and stories about him to to encourage other women in their walk. So. Um, I, I absolutely love it. And, and one of the things that, that helped me, particularly during that time, as I was putting the pieces of the ministry together, there's a song, um, Brian Courtney Wilson sings the song, and it's, it's uh, entitled, I'll Just Say Yes. Um, and the words of that song say, I'll just say yes, you lead the way. I'm not afraid of what it means for me to say that this life you gave is not my own. I'm trusting you to hear my yes and lead me mm. on. And that song I'd listen to literally, I would listen to it all day. I mean, it, I would, I'd wake up, you know, with that song in, in my head. I'd fall asleep with that song I mean, through the day. I would listen to it because that's just, that was the place that I was in at that point and quite frankly still am. Um, I don't listen to it all day anymore, but I do listen to <laughs> it multiple times a week because it just speaks to saying yes to God. You know, I, I'm, I'm surrendering this to you. I have no idea what you're about to do with it or me, but here I am, and I'm going to trust you to lead me because this is your thing. So um, 
that's that's what the, the health scare is what made me finally say yes and a definitive yes. Um, wow. So, well, isn't it amazing that God uses those type of type of circumstances sometimes to really give us that push that Absolutely. we need? Absolutely, He will He will get us where He needs us to be, one way or another. <laughs> Absolutely, I know. So often we consider the calling that we have on our lives. I'll, I'll tell people sometimes, you know, you can tell the difference between human ambition and a vision from God. In that, if it's something you can accomplish on your own. It's, it's probably just some ambition on your part. But if it's totally beyond the <laughs> scope of what you feel that you can do, Absolutely. and it's going to require supernatural divine intervention, then you know that that's something that the Lord is leading you to. And so tell us a little bit about how the Lord has blessed the, the program since you started. Well, it's, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, I, I've had the privilege, like I said, of, of talking to some wonderful, wonderful women from, you know, Colleen Swindell Thompson to Wendy Blight to uh, last week I spoke to Melanie Few Harrison, who's a wonderful woman who created the Super Bowl gospel celebration to um, a dear friend of ours, you know, who Diane Sustick, who wrote, Absolutely. Uh, you know, Joy for Your Journey. So it, it, he's blessed in such a way that um, people are, are being encouraged. You know, I'm, I'm hearing from women who are just saying thank you. Um, and quite frankly, it's changed me in a way that I didn't know it would because obviously the research that I have to do in reading the books and talking to these women, it, it strengthens me each and every week in, in my walk and, sure. and this this life that I'm trying to live. But um, he's he's grown the ministry. Like I said, it started out um, at one station here in Houston. We're now on two additional stations in, in Louisiana. Um, I have no idea what he's going to do moving forward. So I'm just continuing to say yes and um, waiting and watching and seeing. Wow, that's exciting. Um, So as you're doing this research and you've been interviewing these uh, great women of God, as just a woman in ministry, what Mm -hmm. do you think are some of the biggest needs that are facing women today? You know, Merritt, that's a good question. I I think one of the things that that I, I see and I hear is this need for us to um, to let go of some preconceived notions and, and the need to let ourselves off the hook. Uh. Um, we, as when we, we can take on so much and, and we many times forget that we have a father who is in control of everything. So we don't need to try and control everything. Right. We can just rest in his faithfulness. And that that's one of the biggest things that I see is that we we need to understand that we can rest in God's faithfulness because for everything that we're going to experience, everything that's going to come, God has said something in his word about it and his word is true. And if we can get to a point where we we aren't trying to control everything so much and this applies to me as well <laughs> me too you know i'm a planner i need things to be from a to z if you tell me we're at a i need you to tell me how we're going to get to b c and d you know i need to know some stuff and i'm the same way with god but that's not how he works and so if we can get to a point where we're able to reflect back on the things that God has done and what he's brought us through and remember that he's that same God in in whatever we're dealing with now. He's the same God that he was for Moses. He's the same God that he was for David. He's the same God that he was for Esther. He's that same God for us. And so I just see one of the biggest things for us is, is needing to rest in who God really is and rest in his faithfulness toward us. 
Yeah, amen to that. Um, I am re- reminded of the story of Mary and Martha in mm. Luke ten, mm. and that story. Um, I'm I'm more on the sides of the of the Martha, so I always struggle every time I <laughs> you're read not that. alone. I just think, oh, Martha, you're getting a, a, a bad deal in this situation. But yet, in that, you know, she's got all these self imposed expectations yes. about what this uh, opportunity to have Jesus and Jesus in her home means, mm-hmm. and um, and those weren't expectations that Jesus had placed upon exactly. her. Exactly, and you've got her sister sitting there at Jesus' at feet, feet, and then uh, he he looks at Martha and says, you know, Mary has chosen what is better. What is be- yes. And uh, so obviously there was that eternal significance to be able to sit at Jesus' feet. And and I think the same is true of us. Sometimes we have the opportunity to have Jesus in our home yes. anytime we want to be at his feet, to Absolutely. be in his presence, to be in that posture of a disciple. And I think so often we're running around in the yes. kitchen, we're doing the doing things the of Martha. Stuff. And we're, we're missing out that there has to be that time to rest and renew exactly. or else you don't have what you need to do, to do the things exactly. that God's called you to exactly. do. So do you find there's a hunger among women today to, to move beyond the superficial in their spiritual lives? I do. I absolutely do. I, I think that, um, and particularly, you know, when we're talking about women who are believers and because the Holy Spirit lives in us, I think there's just this natural desire and draw to want to go deeper. I mean, to go deeper in God's word and to, to get closer to Christ and, and move beyond, as you said, just the superficial surface um, that can be there sometimes. And so I think the problem comes in with the how. Um, I think, and I, because sometimes we don't necessarily know the how, and for those of us who need some clear direction, when there's not a, a how and a clear direction, then we do nothing. And so then we become stagnant. And I think it sometimes can appear that we really don't want to go deeper, but it's really of I don't know how. Um, And that's why I think ministries and and parachurch ministries are so important for women to be able to dig into the how, Um, whether that's intentional Bible studies on on specific topics, whether those things, there are things there about raising children and being, what does it really mean to be a godly wife and, and pushing off that, you know, that face of the Proverbs 31 woman that everybody holds up to us and says, this is who you should be. Well, right. you know, we can go around and around about that because she she didn't wake up being that woman. I was talking to a dear friend of mine last week uh, about this same thing, and she pointed out the Proverbs 31 woman didn't wake up being the Proverbs 31 woman. She had to work to get there. Right. And so I think if we can, you know, not get so bogged down in the how of it, and just focus on the fact that I'm doing one thing at a time, one thing daily to get closer to God that will definitely move beyond that, that superficial level. And then reaching out to, as I said, those, those ministries and, and other women and, and being honest and being transparent about what we're really dealing with, you know, what's going on with us uh, can help tremendously and say, you know what, I, I want more, but I don't know how to do it. Where are you with this thing? And your girlfriend saying, you know what, I don't know either, but let's do it together. Amen. So... Well, why do you think we as women sometimes struggle with that transparency? There seems to be some roadblocks oftentimes in in women's ministry and just in relationships with women in general that prevents that. I I think we're we're afraid of of judgment. I think there's another thing. I think we tend to compare ourselves way too much. Um, I think we compete way, way Mm. too much about stuff that really doesn't matter at all, particularly to God. Um, And I think if we can put those things off and focus strictly on 
on God and on Jesus and what he has said to us, which is to love one another, one another, to encourage one another, you know, to bear one another's, one another's burdens. Those are the things that are going to draw us closer together. The other thing I, th- I think, unfortunately, we live currently in a society that that um, everything is on social media. Sure. And so I can look at your Facebook page and see this beautiful picture of you and your husband and your kids that you've posted, but I may not know that you've taken that picture like 20 times <laughs> to get it perfect. Right. All I see is this perfect picture of Merritt and her, her husband, and I'm looking at my husband and my kids thinking, why can't we be like that? So I, I think that has a lot to do with it as well, particularly when we talk about comparing and, and competing with one another. And I just think we have to get back to understanding that we're here to help each other. We're here to encourage each other. You know, God God has given us that mandate. And so when we can do that, we can get rid of all the other stuff that right. really has absolutely zero meaning. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you're exactly right. We have to be in this thing together. There are certain things discipleship-wise that are specifically prescribed to us yes. to, to happen in female relationships, yes. that it's not something that you can outsource to your pastor or to the male leadership of the church when you go to Titus 2, that it has to be the women engaging with other women about these areas that we all struggle Absolutely. with, with marriages and parenting and managing a home and all of those pieces, that those are things that we we're supposed to be in community learning, learning together. together. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think you're right. You know, in tight, and that's one of the scriptures that I talk about all the time. You know, in Titus, it, it tells us that, you know, older women, and I always say, obviously, that older does has nothing to do with chronological age, but those of us who are more mature to bring those sisters along. So that right. that may mean that there's a, a, a sister who's older than me in age, but she may be a babe in Christ. And so exactly what you're saying, helping her understand what does this mean? And how do I manage, you know, my work schedule with being available for my husband and my children and taking care of my parents who may be ailing and living with me now. Right, how right. does this all work and what does this mean? And how do how do I continue to walk out my faith in doing this? I, I think you're absolutely right. They're just... There's just some stuff that that the girls need to talk about amongst themselves. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So when we think about this idea of just trying to continue to to go deeper, to pursue spiritual depth, um, to to answer the calls that God Mm -hmm. has on our life as women, how do you think we, uh, meaning pastors, churches, Mm -hmm. seminaries, uh, even us as other women, how can we encourage one another to to go after that depth, to go after the the deep things of the Lord? Yeah, I, I think the the first thing is, and I may have mentioned this earlier, is is being transparent and helping women understand that we don't have it all together. Right. I think a lot of times women look at pastors, preachers, leaders, other women in, in ministry and assume that we have it all together when in fact that is not the truth. Um, what we have. It's just a desire to know more of God, to trust his word, to walk with him, to talk with him, to get better every day, um, to continue to grow in his word. So it doesn't mean that we we have everything figured out. It means we figure some stuff out. Um, right. And those things that we have figured out, we're willing to share. So I, th- I think that's one thing, being able to be transparent and, and recognize that and tell our stories. You know, tell the story that I didn't wake up being a Sunday school teacher. You know, I I didn't wake up and, and walk out of seminary last week. You know, there there's some things that I struggled with in my journey and along my way before I came to Christ and even after I came to Christ. And so that I think gives them the freedom to feel like I don't have to be 
perfect. I don't have to be this picture of, you know, oh, she has everything together when that's not the case. And then I think the the other thing is, is helping them understand who they are in Christ and understand that we are his ambassadors. And so that means that I'm supposed to reflect him in my everyday walk. And because of that, that dictates that I go deeper in him. Sure. The only way that I can reflect him is I've got to know him. The only way I can know him is I've got to spend time with him and, and intimate time with him to go deeper in him, to go deeper in him so I can live and reflect what he's what he reflected here. And of course, that's that's the love primarily one to another. So I, I think the transparency is huge um, for women to be able to see uh, amongst particular amongst other women in ministry. Right. Um, again, because I think it goes back to that competing, comparing thing. And then again, helping them understand who they are in Christ and that he has given them every single thing that they need in this life to be what he's called them to be. Right. I think that's very valuable because I do think we have a bit of an identity crisis mm-hmm. in our country as far as women. And I think even just in the last week, we've seen women stand up and and, yeah. and uh, set up this whole women's march mm-hmm. that was you know in cities across not mm-hmm. only the United States, but around the world. And so to me, there's positives in that from the standpoint that, that women want to be heard, but yet there were so many competing exactly. agendas even within that own movement exactly. and march. And so I think it's a struggle sometimes for us as women of, of faith to be able to stand Where do up, I fit? Yeah, to stand yeah. up in the midst of this. So what do you think are some of the things that contribute to that identity crisis that's going on in our country? You know, I I think some of it, quite frankly, is unbelief. Sure. (laughs) I think some of it is when we veer off of the course that God has designed for us specifically. um, I think when we look at order um, and the way God has designed us, um, that there is an order to everything, to everything, I think that tends to to make us want to seek after some things that we really mm. shouldn't be seeking after. Mm. Um, and I think you're right. When Whenever there is not a single focus and that single focus at the end of the day being Christ and being the mandate that he's left for us, we can tend to run after all of these other things. But if we keep that at the center, there's nothing wrong with wanting, obviously, equal rights. There's nothing wrong with wanting our voices heard. Right. Nothing wrong with that at all. But we've got to keep our central focus on Christ and how we do that and how we bring about change and how we bring about um, policies and procedures. And then the other piece of that is recognizing that we're living within a culture that is not responding to Christ. We're, right. we're in foreign territory. We're not, this really isn't our home. Mm-hmm. So there's some stuff that's just not going to happen right. while we're here. <laughs> we're going to have to wait until we you know, get to our final destination, which is with Christ. And I think we need to understand that on some level so that we don't lose sight of the big picture. Uh, and that I believe is keeping God at the center. So that, so because I say that I'm a woman in ministry, not allowing society to dictate, well, does that mean you want a pastor? No, it means I just want to teach some women Bible study. Right. You know, or if there's a sister who says, well, no, I don't want to teach. I just want to have a small group in my home. Okay. that There's nothing, not allowing society to dictate what I'm supposed to do, those, those shoulds, those oughts, you know, those types of things. Right. 
I think that's really wise. And I think, you know, here at, at Grace School of Theology, grace is this thread that mm. runs through our doctrine, obviously, but it's also just an actionable aspect of our faith. And so as we engage with other women in this, in our culture and, and, and in our country, um, how do you think we can extend grace in those relationships? You know, I think it starts with understanding how much grace has been extended to us. Oh, amen to that. <laughs> I think it starts there. And recognizing that we're all on different levels. We're all in different spots in our journey. We've all come from different backgrounds. Um, and I have a really very good friend who, who makes up this word. Um, you know, we, we get hung up on things that have no, she calls it salvific value. Okay. If, if it is not important to God, we really don't need to argue about it. And so right. I, I can give you the grace, you know, to do some things or to make some decisions that, okay, but I, I, even though I don't agree with it, if it's not contrary to God's word, we don't have to argue about it. Right. I, I can allow you to be merit and walk and make some decisions for you and your ministry and, and how you want that to look without, you know, jumping down your throat or not speaking to you anymore because I can't. Oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. How right. dare you, Mary? <laughs> You're supposed to be in seminary. You should know better. Didn't you graduate last year? Those kinds of things. I think. So I think it starts with understanding how much grace God has extended to us and then just being willing to to do the same because it, it comes back to what I always say, it comes back to how are we loving each other? Right. I think you know, we, we've been called to speak the truth in love. Yeah. And so we have to make sure that the, tr- that the love component is in there before <laughs> the truth is <laughs> exactly. spoken. Exactly. And that, you know, the Holy Spirit really doesn't need our help. No. Uh, he, he can He's take care it. of that conviction on his own. <laughs> uh, well, in closing today, can you share with us just a little bit about what God's grace means to you in your daily life? <sighs> wow. It, it's everything. Um, it's when he he wakes me up, and I purposely say it that way, not when I wake up, but when he wakes me up, mm. you know, that's that's his grace towards me because I don't I don't deserve that. It's it's when I'm studying his word and he gives me the ability to understand it. Mm. You know, it's when I reflect on the fact that he has chosen me. And that he chose me before the foundation of the world, Wow! which absolutely boggles my mind. It's 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 everything. And because of that, I'm I'm able to live this life. I'm able to to do what he's called me to do Hmm. because of his grace. And, And it it. It absolutely blows my mind, and that's that's one of the reasons why I am so passionate about teaching God's word and sharing God's word with women because it's it's life changing. Mm-hmm. Because He did that in spite of everything that I had done, in spite of everything that I will do, in mm-hmm. spite of everything that He knew I would do. He still chose to extend his grace to me and here I sit wow so it's 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 everything and it is it's life-giving absolutely well there's a reason why 
His grace is called amazing because yes, it absolutely it is. is. It is. I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Catherine. Thank it's been you. such a pleasure to have you here. And we're going to continue to pray for you as you thank answer you. God's call. Thank and I know God so has amazing things in store for your ministry. To our listeners, we hope you've been encouraged by today's program. To find out more about what God is doing at Grace School of Theology and in the lives of students like Catherine, we invite you to visit us online at partnerwithgrace.org. That's partnerwithgrace.org. From there, you can find out more about our global initiatives, how to become a student, or register for our free course entitled The Grace of God. This course features powerful teaching from three of Grace's theological scholars and will help you truly understand the depths of God's amazing grace. In addition, we welcome your questions and comments. You can email us at savinggrace@gsot.edu or follow us on Twitter at SavingGraceCast. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You have been listening to Saving Grace a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash saving grace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership. 